Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Defend Home Field podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So I told you guys that I'd be back for a kind of a AFC championship kind of preview episode, and I'd be bringing that live to you on YouTube as well. Well, not technically live, but you get what I mean. Recording for a live uh, recording actually on Anchor. So if you guys want to check that out, I will also have the episode uh, on Anchor. So it is anchor.fm slash defend home field slash defend pod. So if you want to check that out, make sure to do so. And if you're on YouTube, also please just make sure to like, share, subscribe, and all those other sorts of things. I think you'll really enjoy it. Today we have an awesome episode. Like I said, AFC and NFC championship previews, kind of some other news to talk about. So let's kind of get into it. So I guess the first thing, oh, and by the way, before we get into it, I am a partner with Dubby Energy. They are kind of just an energy product company. Uh, super, super cool. I've been working with them for a little while. Personally, my favorite is the limeade flavored drink. I think it's amazing. I uh, really just kind of helps with focus and with someone that really likes to work out. I think it also helps with that, but also again, just my mental focus and everything else like that. So I think it's really good. And uh, yeah, so thanks to them for, for, uh, for, sponsoring and me and just kind of supporting the podcast as well if you would like a chance at kind of a little deal make sure to go to make sure to use make sure to go to w.gg again that is w.gg and make sure to use the code anthony m10 again that's anthony m10 at checkout for 10 percent off your order today if you order something so again thanks to w and let's get into the episode so the first thing that we have to talk about is just kind of the latest news kind of roundup for the NFL kind of from today, Saturday, January 28th. So kind of the first thing here is just, again, kind of other teams we're in kind of in the off season for a lot of different teams. Of course, a few teams still have their season going, but a lot of these teams are in the off season. And so they're, you know, the whole coaching carousel, different changes for players and stuff like that. So, for the Baltimore Ravens, we start off with offensive coordinator interviews, and that is with Todd Monken, current Georgia offensive coordinator, interviewed for the Ravens offensive coordinator job this past week, per Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. And then, so that's kind of what we have for the Baltimore Ravens. The next team is the Cincinnati Bengals, who happen to play the Chiefs tomorrow. They have game day elevations with quarterback Jake Browning and offensive tackle Isaiah Prince. The next team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have fines. They have fined linebacker Arden Key. He was fined $15,914 for his roughing penalty on Chiefs quarterback Chad Henney in last week's playoff game per Tom Pelissero. Moving on to the Chiefs, we have injuries to tight end Jody Fortson, at, who is at, he was activated from injured reserve. And they have game day elevations, receiver Marcus Kemp and receiver Amir Smith-Marset for the game. They are also signing running back LaMichael Pegrine from practice squad. They have cut receiver Jerion Ely. They find defensive lineman Kalen Saunders $6,632 for his roughing penalty in the divisional round against Jacksonville per Tom Pelosero. And safety Brian Cook was fined $5,906 for his taunting penalty after his late interception 
in last week's playoff game, also per Tom Pelissero. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, they have elevations, game day elevations, safety Anthony Harris. The 49ers, game day elevations, running back Tevin Coleman and cornerback Janoris Jenkins. They also find linebacker Dre Greenlaw $10,609 for his unnecessary roughness penalty on a late hit out of bounds against Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott in last week's playoff game per Ian Rappaport on the NFL Network. The Tampa Bay, and finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have offensive coordinator interviews. Of course, this is the news coming in after they kind of relieved. Um, why can't I think of his name? Why can't I think of the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I am having a moment right now. I don't know why... I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Um, why can't I think of his name? Why am I having a brain fart right now? What is going on? This is the news again coming in after the firing of Byron Leftwich. Excuse me. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name for a quick second. But yeah, this is coming after they relieved Byron Leftwich of his duties. So yeah, they interviewed Tan Monken. Of course, I already talked about that though. And yeah, that's just kind of that. Uh, so again, that was the latest news roundup for the NFL uh, as of today. And then next thing here is big as well. Falcons are naming Ryan Nielsen as new defensive coordinator in Atlanta. So Falcons named Ryan Nielsen as the team's new defensive coordinator on Friday per the team. Nielsen spent the past six seasons in New Orleans as a defensive line coach and a, and held a co-defensive coordinator title for the 22 season as Saints head coach for Saints head coach Dennis Allen. New Orleans defensive front has been one of the league's best units these past few years under Nielsen's directions in 2022 with a top 5 defense in yards allowed per game at 314.8 yards, passing yards allowing per game 184.4 and in sacks, which was 48. Atlanta is well aware of the great defensive play instilled by the likes of Nielsen. In New Orleans, the Falcons lost both NFC South Champions South matchups to the Saints and hold on only one win against the rival in the past three seasons. Both the Falcons and Saints finished the 2022 season with a 7-10 record, so obviously there is some pushing and shoving going along between both of those two teams, so it's always very tight with those two. Falcons head coach Arthur Smith is hoping the hiring of Nielsen upgrades a defense that underwent a rebuilding upon his arrival in 2021. Atlanta finished second to last in the NFL in sacks with 21 in 2022, which was an improvement from the 18 sacks last in the NFL accrued in the 2021 season. Nielsen succeeds Dan Pease announced his retirement shortly after the Falcons 22 season concluded. So they were in search of kind of that filling role and just to kind of, you know, get some upgrades and hopefully turn this team into a competitor that they once were at one time or at multiple times, I should say. Uh, but moving on to our next thing is going to be that Broncos had a second meeting with Jim Harbaugh about head coaching job. So yeah, Broncos owner and CEO Greg Penner 
flew to Ann Arbor, Michigan this week to meet in person with Jim Harbaugh about the team's head coaching job, per sources informed of the situation. Harbaugh announced earlier this month he was staying at the University of Michigan after interviewing virtually with the Broncos on January 9th. But sources say conversations continued in the weeks that followed between Harbaugh and the Broncos' ownership uh, and general manager George Patton and Penner, who knows Harbaugh through Stanford connections and had the former 49ers head coach on his list. A source close to Penner said no offer was made during this week's visit, and he wanted to visit Harbaugh in part because it was only candidate he had interviewed in person. But Harbaugh has remained willing to listen and has told people if he were to return to the NFL, the Broncos' job is the one he'd want. And so obviously, and that's also what I was going to say too, is I think if there's any sort of, I think if he does end up, if Jim Harbaugh does end up coming to the NFL, coming back to the NFL, I should say, and does coach this this um, this Broncos team, it's going to. I, I think what ends. I think if he does end up coming in, you know, coming back and coming back into the NFL and coming in back into the league, I think what ends up bringing him back in, if he does, is going to be those is going to be those connections because it's like I've talked about here on the pod before. We've talked about plenty of other people, plenty of other personnel, plenty of other players who have, you know, who players who have maybe brought coaches along from former locations, you know, and, and it's because of that chemistry. So it's, you're always, I think in pro sports, you're always looking for that connection, right? I think it's always the connection. It's always about that. And because that can help build a winning environment and, you know, keep it positive and the people know who each other are. Like everyone knows each other. Like you can build off of, you know, people. We live in a world today where how you are with someone can change a whole environment, right? Because you make other people feel good. And then those people want to, and I'm, I'm sorry to get off topic a little bit, but if two people are really, really good with each other, that's a positive environment because you're creating that because then you're allowing other people to kind of feel like, Hey, this is really good. I want this. And then that's ultimately what those people, other people end up doing with other people. And, you know, they do it to other people and stuff like that. So, and that's kind of the same thing here. They're a lot They're you know, it's a positive environment that they're creating. So they're always looking for that connection between players and personnel and other things like that, because that's always a really, really big thing. Um, but yeah, so let me know what you guys think about this. Do you guys think Jim Harbaugh should come back into the NFL? And if he does, should it be the Broncos job? Even though he did say uh, if he were to come back, the Broncos job would be the one he wanted. But again, I will say this one more time. If he does come back on the NFL, I think it's going to be because of this connection. And it's also because of the job that he wants. I, I don't know what it would take for him to come back. I don't know if there's a specific offer he'd be looking for. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the specifics are. Honestly, I know that Jim Harbaugh's name's kind of been floating around in the league for these past few weeks or whatever, but not a lot has come out on what it would take for him to come back. I, I think, honestly, it just kind of comes down to, does he want to come back, right? Because I, I think I think that's the only way you, he, he will come back. I, I don't think there's any sort of offer. Like none of that stuff's been talked about. So I think it's just a matter of does he want to come back? And if he does bad enough, he will. And I think if the opportunity pre presents itself, it will. 
And if maybe not this season, maybe next season. Who knows? But yeah, let me know what you guys think about that. Moving on to the next thing is with Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. He has reportedly remained in concussion protocol and will not be kind of he will not be playing or participating in the Pro Bowl games this year. So yeah, Tua Tagovailoa won't be participating in the 2022 Pro Bowl games, the first time ever should I might I add. Dolphins quarterback remains in the league's concussion protocol and will be unable to partake in the league's all-star game as a result of it, per Cameron Wolf of NFL Network on Friday. ESPN first reported these news. There's not much else to kind of go on this, just kind of some quick news. Moving on to the next thing is going to be that 49ers defensive co- defensive coordinator, excuse me, Demico Ryans, is emerging as a top candidate for Texans head coaching job. So Demico Ryans is spending the week preparing for his team's biggest game to date. He might soon be packing his belongings for a new club entirely. San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator has emerged as a top candidate for the Houston Texans head coaching job per NFL Network and Ian Rappaport and Tom Palacero reporting Friday. Demico Ryan's ties in Houston extend back to his playing days in the NFL. Texans spent a second-round pick on Ryan's in the 2006 draft and immediately reaped the awards. Watching the linebacker earn Defensive Rookie of the Year, spent six seasons with the Texans, reaching the Pro Bowl twice before departing for Philadelphia, where he finished his 10-year career. And again, there wasn't much else to talk about this with it, with this either, but also another thing I wanted to add with this as well is it's just like what we got done talking about with the last, with the Broncos and uh, Jim, Jim Harbaugh in those connections. It's the same thing here with those connections, right? I mean, we just got done talking about that. Demico Ryans just, you know, he played back in the day for the Houston Texans. It's the same thing. It's chemistry. You know the team. You know you know, I mean, it's not the same playbook. It's not the same environment as it was then, but it's the connection to the team. If you're going to, let's just say this, let's, for the sake of argument, for the sake of this argument, let's just make up, make up a situation or scenario. Let's say you're a team and you're a general manager. You're looking for a new head coach. You're looking for you know, you're looking for someone new. You have all of these, and I, I'm not I'm not going to spe- I'm not going to specify names here. But let's say you you know you have all these candidates lined up for job, you know, for head coaching interviews. All of them, most well, I shouldn't say all of them. Most of them have no connections to your team, but one of them does, and it may not be the same environment as it was with their connection as it is to them trying to become a head coach, but it's the connection that counts out of all of those people. Who are you most likely going to want to have as your head coach to to lead your team? Probably the guy that has connections to your team because he understands the team. He gets the team. He has a good enough amount of knowledge. And it doesn't even matter just that he was with the Texans. But it's also just the fact that he understands the NFL. Like, he understands the environment. Like, he he may be defensive coordinator, but he's got the ability to be a coach. It could be interesting. The Texans, honestly, 
I don't think they could be any worse than they were this past season. So I think when you're a team like the Texans, you don't really have a lot to lose. I think you kind of just go I think kind of just go for it. You don't really have a lot to lose. And I, I think Demico Ryans, he's doing a hell of a job with the San Francisco 49er team. I think he could make a head coach. I think he's got I think he could have potential doing so. And it wouldn't shock me at all if now obviously he's going to try and sit here and say that, you know, he's not really focusing on that too much because he's got a a bigger situation to handle with this being the NFC championship game. So and you know, potentially trying to reach another Super Bowl. So yeah, he's focused on that, but he's also like in the back of his mind, he's also probably thinking about this too. So let me know. Do you think Demico Ryan's ends up a head coach in Houston? Uh, moving on to the next thing before the championship preview is that the Rams have hired former offensive coordinator for the Jets, Mike LaFleur, as new offensive coordinator. So yeah, the moment Mike LaFleur parted ways with the Jets, the Rams became the favorite to land their former offensive coordinator. The ship landed on Friday. Per Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported that the Rams were hiring LaFleur as their new offensive coordinator per sources. LA announced the hiring later this afternoon. So yeah, there wasn't really much on that, just kind of, you know, that he's hired. So, and then the final thing to talk about here today is the NFL championship game previews. So of course, the first game is, this is going to be tomorrow, Sunday, January 20th. I shouldn't say tomorrow. By the time you guys are listening and watching this, it'll be the 30th or it'll be the 29th, excuse me. But the first game is at 2 p.m. It's the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are favored to win this game. You know what? I I think both of these games are going to be extremely tough. I think they could both potentially be high scoring. I think all four of these teams are high scoring teams. And I think either way, it's going to be really extremely tough. I think... I, I could potentially see both games going, honestly, going down to the last play uh, for sure. I think they're going to be defensively tough game, uh, defensively tough battles and offensively tough battles to uh, to get the, the ball down the field. Uh, Eagles are definitely the favorite to, wait, to make, make the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, I just think this 49er team has so much swagger. They have so much... I feel like they have, they face so much adversity, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo going out, having to bring in Brock Purdy, mystery relevant. Does he have that title anymore? There was a lot of talk about that. Honestly, me personally, I don't think that mystery relevant thing even matters. I, I think as I think at any point that you're able to play in the NFL, you're considered good. Um, trust me. I think you're considered good. Anytime that you reach the Super Bowl, that you make, that you reach the level of being in the NFL, that makes you good to me. That makes you good. I don't care what pick you were in the draft. All of that goes off the table. You make the NFL, you're good. I don't care if I don't care if you're the last pick, the first pick. I don't give a damn. You're making the NFL, you're good to me. That's all that matters. So, and that's all he should look at. But um, yeah, I think this is going to be an extremely tight game. I think it's going to be an absolute battle, but I think the 49ers will come out on top, and I'm going to say it's a score of 28. No, I'm going to say 31 to 28. I think it's going to be an extremely close game. 
And then the next game is the Bengals visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. It is a really tough it's really stuff I can't speak. A really tough stadium to play in in Kansas City. Even in the regular season, this is playoff football. This is at 5.30 p.m. tomorrow night, Bengals visiting the Chiefs. This is the second year in a row that they faced off. Last year's game was absolutely insane. This year's game, I'm sure, will be quite the same. (sighs) Bengals knocked off the Chiefs last year. Biggest storyline going into this game is Pat Mahomes. He has a high ankle sprain similar to what Mac Jones suffered earlier this season. Obviously, Pat Mahomes plans on playing. I think with this, I think this is the biggest thing going into this game. Pat Mahomes. So much of his game style and so much of his play style comes off of his feet. Comes and you may be like, well, no duh. He's a quarterback, obviously. Well, no. Everything that he does is because of his feet. The athleticism, the insane throws, the accuracy. Like, all of that goes into his feet. And I think with this high ankle sprain, he's the biggest talk is he's going to be limited. He's not going to be able to be, you know, he's going to have to become a pocket passer tomorrow. And But he's a good pocket passer. Don't get me wrong. He's dangerous no matter how he's throwing. But he does become limited in this game. And I think that becomes a big, to- big topic of this game. That becomes a big talk. Can the Cincinnati Bengals keep... Patrick Mahomes contained and can he can they still limit what he's able to do I think that's a big topic of it I think really that's kind of really really what it comes down to to me and I think if the Bengals can do that and they can kind of do what they did last year and obviously the Chiefs aren't going to play this the same way they did last year that's also another thing but I think if the Bengals can kind of just catch on to see what the Chiefs are doing keep Patrick Mahomes contained you know, keep keep the receiving core of the Chiefs kind of, again, limited as well. Nicole Hardman, all those guys. Just kind of limit them. And I think, I think, just think the Bengals can do it. I think the Bengals are a insane team. They got Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. That connection is insane. You know, T. Higgins, all those guys. They're really, really, really good team. Joe Mixon. I think it's going to be extremely close. I think... Uh, I'm going to say 36-31 Bengals win this game. I, I think both games get in the 30s. Uh, they both have the feel of being in the 30s for me. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Defend Home Field podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. And for all of you on YouTube, I really hope you guys enjoyed this. Really hope you guys like the setup. Let me know if you guys think I should change it. I just kind of wanted to do this to just kind of show you guys because I, I feel like I'm always doing audio and it's like, it's always been audio and this is 200 plus episodes of me doing this. So I thought, why not? Let's, you know, throw it up on YouTube. Again, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys did enjoy though, make sure to like, share, subscribe, all of that other good stuff for all of you on YouTube. For you guys on Anchor, also, you guys can go check it out if you guys want on YouTube. Um, for you, actually, I'm getting kind of confusing. For you guys on YouTube, You guys can check it out on Anchor. Again, it's anchor.fm slash defendpod. Again, it's anchor.fm slash defendpod. Once again, though, thank you to Dubby for sponsoring this episode and for just the podcast in general. Really hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much, and I will see you guys next time.